just um, I'm really thankful for our worship team and Austin does an amazing job leading this team but our team members are, are every each and every one of them are just so worthy and so gifted and we're so thankful to have them so I'm going to jump straight in if you missed my last week's message on enlisted into the army of God or listed in the army of God I encourage you to go back and have a listen because uh, I'm on part two today. I may not get it all done or I may. We'll see how we go. Uh, we'll see what the Spirit wants to do. But you know what? You are enlisted in God's army. If you said yes to God, if you've been baptized, if you've been in water, baptized in the Spirit, let me encourage you when I start to talk about the gifts of power um, and you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, we're going to have a baptism of the Holy Spirit um, service and uh, you can come up and be prayed for because I really believe that we need to be anointed in the full spirit of God. Yes, you receive the spirit as you give your life to Christ. But as you start to move out in God, you will need to be baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit. And um, it, it, it anoints you, it points you, it sets you up, it protects you. And it's a whole new realm of the spirit. So if you've never been laid hands on and been prayed for, the baptism of the Holy Spirit is biblical. Peter did it. Uh, you know, I want to let you know it is coming. But uh, the truth is, if you have said yes, you've been baptized in water, baptized in the Spirit, and if not, even if you haven't, you're still part of this, uh, this scenario. Um, and if you said yes to Jesus into your life, then you are enlisted. You are a soldier of, the God, of God. You are enlisted into the army of God. Um, so if you go back onto all our podcasts, you can listen to it on uh, Spotify or Google or Apple or, you know, there's a heap of them. Uh, if you look up Arise Church Seaford, you'll find all of our um, sermons and that listed there. Um, and Enlisted in God's Army is there ready for you to listen to. So I talked about cadets and what an army is, what God does, the uniform, all those sorts of things. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. Uh, but I really did stir hearts saying, you know, being part of being enlisted in the army of God is not to war against flesh and blood, but to war against spiritual powers, principalities and the dark realms. And the truth is we do not war against flesh. We war against those dark principalities. And uh, as Jesus was a soul winner, he then gave us that mantle when he left this earth. He handed that over to his disciples, you're a disciple, you know, to then go out and win souls. And the truth is a lot of us go, well, that's not me. I can't do it. That's for the evangelist. The truth is God has empowered each and every one of us in a special way to go out and save souls in a way that can bring people to Christ. Because that is why we have been chosen to be ambassadors of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. You know, the enemy is under our feet. And I think we need to remember that. And when we walk this earth like that, we take ground in the supernatural. Because we actually can't do it in our own strength. We can't take up that mantle in our own strength. We need God to empower us to be able to say those words or what to say or give that cake or go and sit and have a coffee with someone. Pray for someone if you feel you're walking past and the Holy Spirit gives you a prophecy, you know, about someone or, or just an inkling about an illness or a sickness and you hear them say, you know, they're struggling or can I pray for you? All those sorts of things. Now we stop that because we, we may get rejected. You know, we may get people yelling at us. We may get people to tell us to go where to go, you know, all those sorts of things. But that's what the enemy wants. The enemy wants us to give up. The enemy wants us to be discouraged. The enemy wants us as soul winners to think that's for someone else because I haven't got it. You know, as I told you, um, the Barnum um, statistics over in America did a, a survey and 
and I mentioned this last week, which was astounding for America. Only 2% of all Christians that have ever given their life to Jesus will ever lead one person to Christ. 2% in all of America. I don't know what it is in Australia. They probably haven't done that statistic, of course, because there can be a lot of resistance to it. But the truth is, it's 2%. And that challenged me. I'm like, you know, like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing on, as a soul winner from Monday to Saturday or Sunday afternoon? What am I doing? You know, and yeah, I'm, I'm one of these person God's challenging uh, with this whole message. So don't worry, you're not alone. But the truth is, we are enlisted in God's army. You are a soul winner. And yes, you can do it. <laughs> That's not just for those with titles, those who, you know, we are all ministers of the body of Christ. Just because some may have titles, some may not. That doesn't make them any greater in God's eyes than what you are right now. Because each and every one of you is important to God. And titles, they have nothing to do with it. So I mentioned a scripture last week, 2 Timothy 2 verses 3 to 4. And it said, Take with me your share of hardship, passing through the difficulties which you are called to endure, like a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier in active service gets entangled in the ordinary business affairs of civilian life. He avoids them so that he may please the one who enlisted him to serve. You know, truth is, you have your own unique way of speaking to someone about Christ. You know, we don't have to get a Bible out and start, you know, and, and look, shoot me now, but we don't have to be a Jehovah's Witness and go banging on doors. No, truth is people are looking for genuineness, transparency and love. And your brokenness may be the very thing that touches a broken soul. The very wound or the scar in your life could be the very thing that opens a door to Christ in their life. Your testimony, you're sitting here, each and every one of you have some sort of a testimony. Your testimony will touch the heart of someone that is so hard and so broken and, and so lost because they're looking for the hope that you carry. And that hope, that hope, every soldier that gets out of bed every morning and goes along to that battlefield line has that hope in their life that today they will save a civilian. Today they will serve that civilian. Today they will see a captive set free. And the truth is that's what God has placed in our heart. He, he cries right now for a broken world all around us that is, that is going in either. It tells us in Matthew 25, there is a, a, a it could be Mark 25, I can't remember where I put it, uh, um, a sheep line and a goat line. You know, Jesus said there will be a sheep line and a goat line. There won't be a maybe line in the middle. There'll be two lines. The sheep line is, is the ones that will have the promise and head on into the, to eternal life. And the goat lines are the ones that are deceived, have deception in their lives, have damnation. And there's only one other place for them. They're going to hell. The truth is we don't talk about it enough because we're too frightened of offending people and being politically correct. But Jesus spoke about that. And I'm not going to argue with Jesus because he spoke it in love. And today I speak it in love because... I don't want to see anyone in the goat line. Do you? I don't want to be standing in like Todd White, the evangelist. Well, he's not an evangelist. He's just an ordinary person. Instead, you know, being in the goat line and someone he knew, was stand, uh, he was in the sheep line and someone he knew was in the goat line and looked at him and said, why didn't you tell me? Why didn't you tell me as people are shuffling along? Why didn't you tell me? Wow. 
I don't know about you, but it challenges me. So I'm going to head into this week. So go back and have a listen if you missed out on that one. Um, and um, I'm sure that it will sort of introduce a little bit more about what I'm speaking about today. But I'm going straight into Ezekiel 37. We read about the prophet Ezekiel going into a valley of dry bones. Ha ha. They pitched they pinch tents down there, those dead people. Anyway. We read about the prophet Ezekiel going into the valley of dry bones and prophesying over the bones. Long story short, an army arises. I mean, it's pretty epic, right? You know, they, God puts sinew and bones on them, he breathes on them. You know, Ezekiel has a whole thing of being able to prophesy over it. It's awesome. Um, so, so this army arises. That which was dead with the breath of God was brought back to life. You know, there before Ezekiel stands an army of God. Imagine it. All bones in this valley, hot, dry, horrible, death everywhere. Then God's like, no, it's not dead. You can't see what I can see. We can go out into our community and we can think, that's dead. That's dry bones. They're never going to rise. And God says, no, no, no. You cannot see what I see. You do this or you do that or you do this and that will happen. And it's so true. So there before Ezekiel stands his army, once dead, now fully alive and ready to battle. Now, in most cases, when we hear preaching, you've all heard preaching on Ezekiel 37, it used to speak, like it is used to speak to us of the power of God. Talks about the power of reviving, resurrecting, restoring. Okay, so they're the the power things that we talk about when we hear about Ezekiel. It shows us how our God can move into the graveyard of your life, of my life. He can move into that valley, that place where that tent is pitched. I'm stealing that too today. And he can, he, can, he can bring it to life. He can dismantle that thing, but he moves into the graveyard of our lives, that things we put to death that are of God. I'm not talking about the things we need to put to death for, for temptation and the enemy. I'm talking about those things that God had placed in your life that the enemy has stolen and snuffled out with a snuffler thing, that candle thing that wants to, you know, that, that candle that once bloomed and, and flourished and, and all those things. The enemy got a snuffer and he just put it on top of it. it become a graveyard. No light in there at all. But, you know, he gets to the graveyard of our lives and he resurrects our dreams. He resurrects our visions. He, he tells us, no, don't stop dreaming big. It's exactly a prophecy I got given by, by someone who came last year, uh, by Pastor Nicholas. He said, don't stop dreaming big. The enemy was saying, you really think that you will go two-story? Do you really think you're going to see souls one? Look around you. And God said, no, get up, rise. Because what, around, what is around you is not what is in, in, in this place and yet to come in the Spirit. And the truth is, is that we need to take that on in our own lives. He resurrects our dreams, our visions. And He can step into the middle of our chaos and confusion. And He can bring order and total peace. He can bring order into everything and total peace. Where the enemy wants us anxious. He wants us disunified. He wants us confused. He wants us doubtful. He wants us uh, feeling unworthy. But God comes in and he turns all of that chaos and all of that confusion and all of that pain around to peace, certainty, truth, you know, and love upon that. And he brings order to everything. 
He ordered everything in this world. You can read that right from the very first word, first sentence in Genesis. He orders everything. But he lets the enemy, the tempter, the destructor come to grow us, just like he did Job. It's not an easy process. I'm not saying it's fun. But the truth is there will be victory on your way out if you stay the course and live in that truth. You know, we see God take nothing. And through the process of hearing the word of God and the operation of the Holy Spirit, turn nothing into something. He can take nothing, that nothing in your life, and he can turn it around and he can turn it into something great and something powerful and something God breeds like that army that was in that valley. And we labor with great diligence and attention to detail to show how a valley of full, dry, desolate, broken, separated bones are transformed into the final product of this final army, ready, full of the Spirit of God, standing on their feet in attention, ready for service. And that's what God can do in your, my life. He can go into that place. You know, it's about the process of hearing the Word of God and the operation of the Holy Spirit in our lives that can turn nothing into something that no man on this earth, no humanity could explain. The healings I've had, no man can explain. There's people in this room that have miracles that no man can explain. It's God. And when we get out the way and let him have the way, that impossible thing can become possible. But we need to believe it. Then after we hear the story of Ezekiel, read, oh, great, hear a good preach word. Ezekiel, woo 37, yep, we're ready, we're an army, right. Then we close the Bible and, show, and shout out about the miracle in the Valley of the Dry Bones, and then we go home. It's a great word. It's encouraged me. God's like, I'm breathing on you to rise up, take ground. You are a soldier. You are anointed. You are appointed. You are chosen. You're an ambassador. Go get those souls through me, in you, and your faith. You know, it's not like, I mean, God, let's be honest, right, in that valley with Ezekiel, God could have just done that himself, couldn't he? He could have just spoke out from heaven. He could have just breathed on it himself like he did Adam, breathed life into him, right? He didn't need humanity to help him, but he chose Ezekiel. He chose him, and he's choosing you today. There is an Ezekiel in each and every one of us if we're passionate for it, because he wants to do it through you, by the power of the Holy Spirit. The truth is he needs, he doesn't need us, but he wants to use us in a way as a tool that we can wield that sword of the Spirit and stand in that armour and see people won from death to life. 
So I want to start this message of this chapter where we usually quit. (laughs) I don't want to preach about the dry bones and I'm not here to prophesy to dry bones this time. But I'm here to prophesy to the army of God. For you are not a dry bone, you are already an army. You are already up in intention. You are already ready. I want to prophesy to that group of men and women in this room and listening online and young men and women from every nation, every state and every condition and circumstance of life that God has called and anointed and appointed you for such a time as this. Never in greater need ever before is the army of God to rise and step out and do what they are called to do. Each and every one of us. I'm not speaking today to the depressed and the distressed. I'm not speaking to the fretful and the fearful. I'm not speaking to the wounded and the worried. And I don't mean to sound cynical or uncaring because I do care. I pray for you. But God has focused my spirit today on another class of people today. He's focused my spirit. My assignment this morning is not to the dry bones, but to the army of God. There's not many believers that differ, let's be honest, from the Valley of the Dry Bones story. We were all breeds afresh upon to accept Jesus, weren't we? When we came to the Lord, He breathed afresh upon us. He breathed promise upon us, hope. He put that gift, that that gift within us to accept Jesus. But in every city, in every church, there are a select few that have answered the call of the Spirit to come up to high place and live on a higher plane. And let me tell you, that's all of us. God is calling us to come up to a higher place and live on a higher plane. Now, I'm not talking about being no earthly good because that's not helpful. I'm talking about He is calling us to a higher place for a higher purpose, to a higher plane. I'm talking about the army of God. You know, they are a rare breed of people who have learned to be soldiers. And let me tell you, God has told me, you're it. That's why I'm preaching this word. You might not feel like a God soldier at the moment. You might not even feel like you're worthy of doing it. But let me tell you, in the physical, like when people who who are enlisting to the physical army of God, none of them feel worthy or good enough or got the goods or whatever. It's through the training they go through. It's through the pain they go through. It's through the instruction they go through. It, but you know what? They All they have is a heart that wants to serve, wants to help, and wants to be there for others. That's all you need. And God does the rest in your life. You know, the truth is we have got a lot of saints in the church. And I'm talking about the global church here. We've got a lot of saints. I mean, we're all saints, right? Those who know Jesus, we're saints. And accepted him into our life. We've got a lot of them. But I'm talking right now the fact that we don't have a lot of soldiers. It tells us that. The American statistic tells us there's a lot of saints in America, but not a lot of soldiers. That's the truth. We have a lot of saints holding the fort, running their services, doing the best they can, running the groups, doing the process. We have, a lot of, we have a lot of saints doing that. But we don't have enough soldiers possessing the land. Going out on a Tuesday to a Saturday or Monday, I mean. Don't have Monday off because something good could happen. But on a Monday to a Saturday, possessing the land, one soul at a time. 
one soul at a time. God said, it's time for the army of the Lord to me to come to attention. The adversity is great and the conditions are hard, but we were bred for battle. If you are here today, you are bred for battle in the spirit. You may not feel like it, but you have been bred for battle. We are armed and we are dangerous. We have the full armor of God on. If you don't, get on it. We have the full armor of God on. We are armed and we are dangerous. If you walk with your full armor daily, you are armed and you are dangerous to the enemy. You are dangerous to the enemy. You can literally flick him away like a little flea. Yes, there will always be dry bones that need a prophet who will see the plan of God and prophesy and bring restoration and transformation. There will always be that. But God told me through this whole sermon not to prophesy to dry bones, but to prophesy to his army. For you are ready. God said, He raised you up out of the valley of dry bones. You are already equipped. God has already breathed upon your life. And now it's time to war for souls. How many people would love to see the joy? Imagine the the word tells us the angels of the, the, the heaven erupt when just one soul comes to Christ. Erupt. You you think you've seen an eruption at a football game or a cricket game. You'd be in heaven with the legions of angels. When one soul comes to him, imagine the sound. It puts hairs up the back of my neck just thinking about it. You know, back in the 90s, and it's the truth, when people were coming to, to Christ every week because we... Back then, the army was being a soldier. We were doing what God had called us to do. But since then, the enemy's given us all sorts of things like the pandemic, politics, you know, uh, lawsuits. Let's go on and on. on. So the enemy's doing everything he can to silence your voice for for the gospel that God has placed within you. We stopped doing it. And every week, there'd be someone coming to Christ when I was younger. Right? We having baptism and the people coming across. And let me tell you, there we every week we're already applauding. We're applauding these people for giving their lives to Christ. I mean, in the end, we're all like, yeah, you know, we shouldn't have been. You're like, come on, the angels are erupting. The pastor would say, you know, this person just gave their life to Christ. Yeah, you know, like at the end of the day, that's what we were like. But now it's like it never happens. Well, it it can happen, but it can feel like it never happens. It's because we're expecting the dry bones to walk in the church and then we can save them. But it doesn't happen like that. What happens is he sends the army out, me included, to go out and breathe on those dry bones in his, by his spirit, by his anointing, by his power, see people one to Christ and then come in and we celebrate We celebrate what God has done. Now, God said he raised you up out of the valley of dry bones. You are already equipped. God has already breathed upon your life, and now it's time to war for souls. He said he has brought divine order into your life. You may not feel like it. Get an alignment. He has brought divine order. It is perfect. 
It is set on Jesus, the cornerstone, who perfectly orders and aligns all things back to the Father, Holy Spirit, and to Jesus. Like, that is a perfect order. He said He has strengthened you and nourished you by His Word, and the wind of His Spirit has filled your lives. You can feel the wind of the Spirit this morning when, when we were praying and, and prophesying and singing and worshipping. You could feel the Word of the Spirit moving in this place. The wind of the Spirit is here. And he, that has filled your life. And you stood up on your feet. And now it's time for you to fulfill your purpose. What is your purpose here on earth? You know, um, 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 there was a book years ago. We all did it. Um, um, what was that book? Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. And the whole church went through it when, when I was younger. And we, had, we even did the whole thing where there were all stalls where you could go choose where you wanted to go and enlist. There wasn't a lot of outreach stalls. That would have been good. It was all internal focus. But the truth is God is get, telling us, get out there. And get externally focused and you have a purpose in life and I've breathed it into you already. You are and I am God's hands and feet on this earth. We are the agents agents of change and deliverance on this earth. It is within you to do that. Not people with special talents. You know, yes, there are spiritual gifts. Yes, people move stronger in their spiritual gifting. But you know, it's not actually about our gifting. It's about what God does through us in a moment, in a second, by His Spirit. And we have to be ready for that. It was said of the early church, they, that early church, when 3,000 came to the Lord in one day and all this was going on, you know what I mean? And it was said of that early church that they had turned the world upside down. You know, what part are we playing in that statement? Because you know what? It wasn't just the early church it's for us now the disciples back then and the apostles were no different than the very things God is calling us to do in 2024 in the southern suburbs in the southern region in the Flurio Peninsula of Adelaide and then internationally across the seas because we're a missional church it was God's mighty power flowing through yielded vessels that threw down Satan's strongholds and raised up and established the kingdom of God. You know, when all of the disciples, their lives were taken. Well, not all of them. I mean, John was put on Patmos, lonely thing, no one to talk to. It's a pretty sad way to leave, isn't it? I'd be like, have my imaginary friend. Wilson! Anyway. Oh, come on, anyone ever seen that movie? Tom Hanks, Castaway, The Ball. Okay, don't worry. Watch it. It will break your heart. It's such a good movie. But it's great. It's a great movie. Yeah, he gets shipwrecked and he find the one thing that was left out of the plane was this soccer ball. And so he called it, he drew a little face on it. And he called it Wilson. He's his friend. You've got to watch it. It's very interesting. Anyway, the baton has been passed to you and me. The mantle has fallen upon this generation, not the last one, not but our generations right now in this room, fallen on this generation, this generation's in this room. The mantle has fallen on us 
You know, and the truth is we've got to take it up. You know, Smith Wigglesworth, an incredible evangelist. He's not anymore. He's up enjoying God's beautiful everything. You know, he's not here. Catherine Kuhlman, man. Literally, she used to walk in a room and pfft, that wasn't her. That was a spirit that moved through her. That same spirit is in you and me. You know, Corrie Ten Boom, what an incredible woman of God. She's not here anymore. She can't, she can't continue to go out and save souls. I mean, she does through her books and through her stories and through her testimony, but she's gone to her eternal home. Charles Finney, John Wesley, Billy Graham. What an incredible person. Ordinary people steady, stepping out in supernatural power of God. You know, Maria Woodworth Etta and many other great men and women of God are not here on earth anymore. It's our turn now to pick the banner up and run with it. It's our turn to believe for that thing in our life that needs to rise. To rise up as the army of the Lord and not get stuck in our foxholes. You know, I talked about foxholes last week. Foxholes are a position of defense in the army. You defend your position. God is saying, but eventually they have to get out of that foxhole and advance on the front line. It has to happen to take down the army. You can't stay in your foxhole all the time because they'll just come up and boom, you know, you're gone. And that's what the enemy wants to do. He wants to keep you in the foxhole of your life so that you actually can't get out of that hole in your life and step out into the good promises that God has for you. He wants you to keep you on a defensive position all the time because he's got you where he wants you. But the truth is he doesn't want you in defense mode. God doesn't want you in defense mode all the time. He wants you to take ground for the kingdom of God one soul at a time. You know, we are, we are those who have been anointed to break through and set the captives free. And we are anointed to bring deliverance to the bound and the oppressed. We are. God said in Jeremiah 51, 20 to 21, You, Cyrus of Persia, soon to conquer Babylon, are my battle axe and weapon of war. For, when you, for with you I shatter nations, with you I destroy kingdoms, with you I shatter the horse and his rider, and with you I shatter the chariot and its driver. In Isaiah 41, 15, In fact, I have made... Of you a new, sharp, threshing implement with sharp edges. You will thresh the mountains and crush them and make the hills like chaff. You know, that means that we're not all talk and it's not all hot air. That means we have the power of God to back it up. I just want to finish there today. I've got more to go, but I'm actually going to finish there today. You have the power of God to back it up. You have enlisted in God's army. I'll finish it off next time. I don't want to rush the last bit because it's God has some proclamation to do. But look, I just encourage you, let this stir in your spirit. You, each of us have our own unique way of reaching those who are lost. We just do. Will you please stand with me today? I just still feel in this room some people are, oh man, I've never done anything like that. Like I've never stepped out and shared a testimony with someone or God has said, you know, go into the shop 
I've done this before and buy that person some bread. Come out and give it to them. In my early days, I used to do it a lot. I used to say to them, oh, I went and did this. I gave this home and people, you know, 20, 30 bucks, you know. And then people, the enemy started getting in through people saying to me, you know what? You're just feeding their addiction. When you give them 20 or $30, you're just feeding that addiction, that alcoholism in their life. Because the first thing they're going to do is they're going to go spend that money on the very thing that is keeping them addicted. And that got to me and I stopped doing it because I thought, am I an enabler? And while I was putting this together, God said to me, I ask you like Jesus did to go out and, and he asked his disciples to do and those who believe to give to the poor, to pray for the sick, okay, to set free the captive. He said, don't let the enemy or voices contrary to the word stop you from doing what I'm asking you to do. And it challenged me and I thought I had stopped doing it for so long. And now I've got my little spiritual antenna up. We've all got one. Now turn it on. Yeah, tune it in so you can hear his voice because I guarantee you, you will not be able to walk through colonnades. So I'll tell you a story. I haven't told my husband this yet. I went and got, because um, he'll get jealous because he likes like barmy and all. Anyway, the other day I went and went to that um, place um, down the bottom near Coles uh, Colonnades that sells really good like barmy stuff. What was the name of that place? I'm trying to think of the name. Yeah, Sunta, yeah. So I went there and, and um, I thought, oh, I'll get a barmy roll, all good. And I, the meal deal was a barmy roll. You get three, dim, uh, three spring rolls and a can of drink. And I thought, oh, I don't want three. I just want one spring roll. And God said, no, buy the three. I'm like, oh, okay, no worries. So I bought the pack, went and sat down, and I went to hole into the second spring roll, and God said, nope. I'm like, what? He said, no, just leave it, but I want you to take it with you as you walk out the shop. I'm like, all right, maybe I'm taking it home for Stephen, or I'm not sure. You know, so peace offering, you know. Anyway, so I ate my meal, left two. I really wanted that second one, but God said no. And I walked out the shop in the bag, two warm spring rolls in a bag. And sitting there on the pavement was an Indigenous person. And literally sitting there with artwork and trying to sell their artwork. And, you know, and, and God said, give the spring rolls to her. I'm like, she doesn't want spring rolls. She wants money. I said, walk over. So I walked over, and there she was sitting there. She said, and this is in no disrespect, she said, Sister, you got some money? And I said, no, but I have spring rolls. And she went, awesome, like this. <laughs> she was more happy for the spring rolls than me to buy her artwork. So I gave her the spring rolls, and walking away, she said, thank you, sister, thank you, sister, for two spring rolls. Now, that love of Christ was bred in her heart. And I actually, I, as I gave him, I said, you know, I want to let you know that Jesus, I don't know what's going on in your life, but Jesus, he really loves you. And she said, I've heard about this Jesus. I said, well, go. I said, he is looking for you. I'm not sure. I'm not a good person. 
You don't have to be a good person. That's why you're getting these spring rolls. And she said, oh, thank you, sister. Anyway, as I'm walking away, I, I just smiled. I thought, oh, well, Stephen misses out on the spring rolls. Um, but that's the truth. And the thing is, if we always have our spiritual antenna up, God will speak to you. That little one step at a time. You know, I'm sure if I see this woman again, she will remember me. She'll go, spring rolls. <laughs> it's the truth, right? But then I can sow a bit more of Jesus into her life. Hopefully one day lead her to Jesus. But let's see what God wants to do through us. We are a church that is an army that is ready to go. He's breathed on you. He's loved on you. And you are now ready. Let's see what he wants to do. Why don't we close our eyes? Let's really seek him. Lord, we, we at times just feel so unworthy. In fact, the enemy makes us feel even, even less worthy. He can bring up all of those things from many years ago and say, you remember that time? But Lord, you just pour your grace out. You pour your love. You pour your peace. You pour your forgiveness, your reconciliation out upon us. And as we repent of any things right now, that we need to give to you. Right now, you're pouring out that love. You're pouring out that grace, that hope, that forgiveness. So Lord, today I just pray that, Father, we would have our little spiritual antennas up. doesn't matter how young or more mature you are or older you are in this room. The truth is we all can still touch a soul at a time. We can all still, with, with the power of the Holy Spirit, with the anointing of what you've placed upon our lives, reach out in our own unique way and speak, Jesus, to a dying and broken world. God, give us the courage. Give us the opportunity. Give us the discernment to know what to speak, when to speak it, what to do and when to do it. Lord, I just pray that you pour something afresh on us that, Father, we would, Jesus, that we would see people through your eyes. That we would see the lost like you see them. As you walk this earth, how you saw them. Pour out that passion in our life for the lost and the broken. Realizing that you chose us before we chose you. And Lord, I just pray right now for, for just touching our hearts with your love and, and giving us your Father heart. A heart that there would be no one in the goat line, that we would never want to be in that goat line. But so many, my prayer is that sheep line, that it will go for so long. And we'll just get bored waiting in line, getting there. But I just pray against the enemy's schemes, his lies, his deception, you know, the evil, the lies. And I just pray for hope and power and that we would, we would really take the soldier of the Lord being enlisted in this army seriously. In Jesus' name. I just pray for each and every person listening online and in this room or on podcast. And just pray right now, 
You give each and every person an opportunity to reach out to someone this week. Someone, somehow, somewhere, sometime, to reach out to someone who's lost and needs you. It could even be a prodigal son or a prodigal daughter. You know, that once was part of the flock, but they've wandered away. And your word tells us that, you know, what would a shepherd do when he had a hundred sheep and one of those sheep out of the 99 wandered off? What would that shepherd do? He said that shepherd would leave the 99 and go after the one. That's what that shepherd would do. So Father, let us have that heart of a shepherd that we would see the one, one soul at a time and that we would see them embraced and loved by you, Jesus, through us. And we all said, amen, amen. Be blessed. Have a great week. Don't forget our prayer meeting. Be praying for our play group. Be praying for our youth that starts up this week. Um, and our, we're starting to get our food pantry ready to open the following week. So be praying for all of those things. But yeah, deep